Mass time and potting together. Brian Tobin on the line. Mass time and friends forever. And talking it up for mass time. Luca's hot, he's in the zone. The rest of the team is ready to go. Mass time. Welcome to Mavs Time. I'm your host, Brian Gill, joined as always by the OJ Mayo to my Monte Ellis, to my co-host, Tobin Hodges. Tobin, how's it going, buddy? I wanted OJ to be so good, so bad. Do you remember, and by the way, I, I did not have time to do a trivia today, um, so it's you're good. lucky. Um, yeah. Do you remember <laughs> when we first got OJ Mayo and Darren Collison and how awesome it was for like three games? I was so happy. <laughs> like I... Because I, I was a big O.J. Mayo guy, and I thought Darren Collison had value here, and then I very quickly changed my mind. It was almost I, instantly. If, if, uh, if I was somebody who was capable of getting, um, <laughs> of getting freezing cold takes, you know, boy, I have some freezing cold takes from the first week of, of O.J. Mayo, Darren Collison. And then by like week two, I was like, "Oh, I I really hate this. I really hate Darren Collison. <laughs> like, Darren Collison is probably, if he's not first team least favorite Mavericks, he's definitely second team guard least favorite Mavericks. I I hated watching him. Play he basketball. was worse. OJ Mayo had some yeah. good games with us, but he was worse for sure. So unbearable. I mean, he was he was unbearable. Um. I there is nothing I hate more in basketball, nothing, than a guard who can't throw an entry pass. And Darren Collison, he could have been throwing an entry pass to Yao Ming being guarded by Muggsy Bogues with all every other player on the other side of the court, and the only one guarding his his pass is like your son who's in seventh grade. And he still would miss the entry pass. He was the worst entry pass point guard I have ever seen in my life. I, I loathed, I loathed Darren Collison. OJ Mayo, I wish had worked out. Still, I still might have a little little OJ Mayo stock somewhere. He he had a good first couple of months, and then he and then his mental part just he just wasn't a good basketball player. That's you know, and then then he had the steroids weren't working either. That's a bummer. Um, Yeah, real quick. Since I didn't have time to come up with like a real trivia, trivia question, let's go back to the well. There's been one player in Mavericks history who has worn the double zero. One player, Tobin. Do you know that player? He played one season with the Mavericks in our 90s heyday. I'll give you that many clues. No, there's no way. Let's say it was Eric Montross. Boom! Look at oh, you! Oh, no. Was Look it Eric Montross? Eric Montross. He's, he's the only double zero that I can think of because he's him and the Rex backs with the Celtics. So... He was like one of the, was he, he might have been one of the, like the like the big nine like there wasn't very many people wearing double zero back then so mm. yeah Eric Montross um, when we traded for Eric Montross I was at church camp for the summer you know for whatever twelve days fourteen <laughs> days and my my mom and somebody else too I can't remember my uncle <laughs> like were sending me letters you know. 
Um, did you ever go to church camp for a while? Like with the, like you get the mail oh, yeah. call or whatever. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. That was the bit, you know, you sit here in the logs or whatever you get your, get your mail. And, uh, and, and I would get like at maybe three or four times in the, in the two weeks that I was there, I got a letter from my mom and it was, it would be like, here's what the Mavs did. <laughs> well, here at camp Cause I, I couldn't go. And yeah, yeah, that was, so I got to, I got to, I had the news of the Eric Montross trade broken to be my mom via letter. And she was being, an insider back then. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> she was the woge of Camp Oh, Dakota. my God. No, you totally messed that up, dude. Her name is Shan. She was the Shan. Oh, man. She was you the totally Shan. Messed that up. Man, okay, so going that. back to so his number, I'm looking it up now. Mm-hmm. He actually, because he, he wore zero for the Celtics, but he wore double zero for us. Why yeah. did he do that? There's I don't know. No zero well, I mean, double Z, probably because double zero wasn't available for the Celtics because of Parrish, right? So, oh, that's probably right. Yeah, you probably he right. wore do, did he wear double zero at UNC? I don't know. That's a good question. I can't remember. I hate. Yeah, I think he. I don't know. All right. Eric Montross, UNC. Let's see. Yep, he did. He did double okay. zero. So he couldn't wear it with the Celtics. Yeah. Yeah. Great trade, by the way. We. Uh, <laughs> Antoine Walker and the pick that became Sean Marion for Eric Montross and Samaki Walker. <laughs> it's weird that the Mavs <laughs> sucked in the 90s, huh? Um, yeah, right. That's the kind of trade we were making. All right. We started with the round, so let's just keep with the round. The Mavs lost to the Wizards on Friday. I, I knew it was going to happen. Yeah. I did. Except I, I didn't. I, I said on the dumb show last week, I, this is my fault. Let's be real. I said, you know, Luca's going to come out for KP, and and to be fair, he did. Luca played well in that game. He just was literally the only player that played well in that game for the mm-hmm. Dallas Mavericks. That was like one of the worst performance. That, that, that you know what? I'm going to say it. That was the worst performance of the year for the Mavs. Luckily, it happened while I wasn't even at home, so I just kind of like browsed through the high the lowlights. But KP killed us. That's fun. KCP hit like I don't know forty threes. Um, that's not fun at all. It was that's the worst game they played this season. Yep, and <laughs> it super hated losing to KP because I, I <laughs> super super hated that. I'm petty, and I, yeah. I wanted us to. What I really wanted to happen is for Luca to go for his throat, and then for KP <laughs> to like come out in the second half because he tweaked his ankle mm-hmm. or something because yeah. he fell or I don't know, but mm-hmm. I don't want an injury. So I shouldn't say that out loud, but yeah. I don't want him to be injured. And I really don't like that. I don't want him to succeed, but <laughs> I don't at this point. I think the most infuriating thing for me on that is we saw KP play the Knicks, I don't know, four times ish over mm-hmm. his Mavs career. And they were some of the worst games of his career. Like he yep. just, he Every had nothing against time. his old team. Um, and I was hoping we'd get that treatment as well, but we didn't. He was ready to go. So. Yeah, and you know, it was it was you that said you heard on the radio that you know Dinwiddie like played eighteen of twenty one of his first games, <laughs> and I guess KP never did that for the Mavs twice, twice in or his he, entire he did tenure. It, sorry, he did yeah. it twice. Whatever, it felt like never, but it. <laughs> <laughs> I keep waiting for the, the Wizards beat writer to be like, oh, he's sitting out today, mm-hmm. and that hasn't happened yeah. yet, and it's making me more and more mad every time he plays. Like, It'll happen a lot next year. That's the way it yeah. goes. He's, you're right. You're right. I, I, I have no real it, ill you know, will towards the guy. The he just, that's who he is. That's who he is. This is no, but, yes, but also who he is, he's the guy that puts up 
fake numbers on a team that's never going to be good because mm. that's what he does. And so, yeah. I mean, they, they, look, the team that team acted like they and, and this is fine. Like I, I don't mean this from a petty. Truly, I don't mean this from a petty standpoint. It's like they have nothing to play for. Harper said out of on the, the I mean, they're out of the playing game, and KCP made a big deal about how he told KP, "We're going to get this one for you, bud," and all this kind of thing. And like, you know, okay, that's fine. Yeah, Harper said, said that on the broadcast that the night before, or the the game before, maybe the night before, they were eliminated from the play-in possibility, so they literally had nothing to play for. Like they were literally playing with house money, and instead of folding, they decided to go in and mm-hmm. they got a, they got a win yeah. against a team that they didn't that they wanted to win. So it's a very Mavs thing to do to like we're the three seed. Hooray, we finally got where we needed we were trying to get to and then have the worst game of the season. Yeah. Um and, and really then, put a know, lot of pressure on on Sunday's the game. The next game. Yeah, yes. which I hated. And it's a thing that the I'm I love that the Mavs play up to the moment that this iteration of the Mavs plays up to the moment. That's really cool. It would also be really cool if they'd stop putting pressure on themselves by losing games they shouldn't lose. Yeah, here's an idea. Just win both of those games. Yeah. Like, you know, that's that'd be fun. By the way, then, I have this... I'm sorry, this has nothing to do with it, but I had this Eric Montross page pulled up. <laughs> and I just this saw it a, out of the corner of This is of now eye. Eric Montross time, yeah. not yeah. Mavs time. So. <laughs> Montross time! Um, <laughs> his nickname is Big Grits. <laughs> No, it's not. (laughs) Eric Big Grits Montross. Um, Man, all we need to do is get Big Country next to him and have a Big Country Bryant Reeves, Eric Montross (laughs) front court. So that's happening. Let's get a look at Big Grits. I'm I'm going to start creating that team on 2K right now. So (laughs) get it. Big Country is number 500 pounds and zero talent. Eric Um, Montross, double zero. No one's going to come in the paint for that. So. You think Big Grits has like uh, <laughs> has his his initials and in some big game hunters at, at random arcades and bars around? What is the North what Carolina? is Big Grits doing these days? <laughs> I, don't I don't even know. know. I don't know. Um, he's fifty. God, I feel old. Ugh, That's man. not even that old. Oh my gosh. I know. It's post basketball. He's oh, of course. He's I knew this. He's a color commentator for the Tar Heels. Oh, I knew that. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Okay, uh, let's get off of Big Grits. Um, time. <laughs> 40 awful games for the Mavs. Thanks, buddy. Um, yeah, the Bucks game. So it's a, it's a stupid tip-off time. I, I, I hate noon games that involve my team. <laughs> I love noon games that don't involve my team, but I hate it when it's our team. Um, at least do 2 o'clock or something like that. But anyway... I missed the first half, had to go back and watch it later. The this is what happened. So and this this is like I don't know if it's a concerning trend. The Mavs have gotten into a groove lately where they're just not playing well in first quarters. They're just kind of feeling their way through it. And that's really obnoxious. Um they did it against the Cavs, they did it against they did it tonight against the Pistons and they did they did it in this game. They're down eight points or so after the first quarter. And and if I remember the stat correctly, the, a big part of this is first quarter, Mavs are two for seven from three or maybe two for nine. And the Bucks are eight for 16. And it's like, well, you're not taking anything away from them and you're not hitting any shots. What are you going to you, You're not going to win this game. You're not going to win this game if you're going to play like that. And and then they they got the message. Spencer Dinwiddie comes in. He had a great second quarter. 
really did Dinwiddie things, you know, just like was going at the rack, hit a couple of threes. It opened up the rest of the court. And then Luca came in and was like, cool, it's 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 Luca time. So yeah. they started two for nine. They end up 16 for 38. That's pretty good. And whereas the Bucks started eight for 16 and they end up 15 for 40. Um, and that's, you know, that's why, I mean, they win this game because they flipped the three-point shooting and got finally got some, def- some defense going. And, and then because Luka was just was majestic in this game. Because of that trend, though, that's why we get smoked by teams like the Timberwolves and mm-hmm. the Hornets yeah. game. Because if they keep going hot, mm-hmm. we can't yeah. catch up with them. Yeah. And so... You can't let vibes yeah. teams get good vibes. And Counterpoint, though, I would rather figure myself out in the first quarter and then smoke teams mm-hmm. in the second, third, sure. and fourth quarter like yeah. we've been doing. Mm-hmm. Because it used to be we would go up in the first half and then we would just completely forget how to play in the mm-hmm. second half of the game. And so yeah. I'm liking this iteration better. It, but again, you know, hey, let's just let's play good all the time because <laughs> yeah. that'll be a lot let's better. Play four so, good quarters would be yeah, my Yeah, four good quarters preference. and don't yeah. lose games to KP. That's, you know. <laughs> That's my motto. Not too much to ask. Um, I just want to say, like, there's probably, I said the Wizards game, that's the worst game of the season. There's probably been 10 games over these last 40 or so where I've said that's the best game of the season. I I think that's probably the best game of the season. Like, beating the Bucks in Milwaukee with this three seed on the line in a game in which Luka is the best player on the court even against Giannis and in which, I mean, look, the final score was six points. It was not six points. It was not yeah. a six point game. And that's not a Homer thing to say. Now the, 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 the flip side of that is they could not handle the bucks uh, pressure, which annoys the fire out of me. Just come on. Like, can we not spend a little time in practice remembering how to, how to break a press or a three quarter court press? Um, but still, the Bucks hung around there at the end, but there was never a time. Once the Mavs established themselves in the fourth, there was never a time in which that game w- was in doubt, in my mm-hmm. opinion. And and you know I don't like optimism, so I'm rarely in that camp. But they absolutely dominated the second half of of that game, and and Luca, I. <laughs> You know, we we do everything we can to avoid MVP conversation for for a, a lot of reasons, and we're going to talk MVP next season on our main feed, our main show. Um, that game did sort of change a little bit of the conversation for Luke. He's not going to win MVP. I'm not stupid. That was a game when he goes out and he gets it, it's thirty two eight and fifteen, and he hit some. Just insane shots on, uh, on. I mean, the the one where he he forced the switch to get Giannis and then and then just banged a three in his face is those types of things that in on on national TV games against other great teams that does start to 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 seep in to the conversation when you and and we know the narrative is a big part of 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 awards and and all this sort of stuff, but like. That was one of those moments where I think a lot of people who saw Fat Luca in November were like, "Oh, geez, this guy's really good at basketball." It turns out, um, and because he was—I mean, again, he was the best player on the court in a game against against the guy who might win MVP this year. You know? Yeah, and he doesn't need to be like winning, but like he needs to be in the top five consideration. Like I think at this mm-hmm. point, yeah. the other thing that was a nice trend about that game. And I think it continued tonight was, yeah, you said 40% three 
three, but it's the it's the individuals that are like shooting the f- four or five a game. They're mm-hmm. getting sixty mm-hmm. percent of those, and then Luca's Luca's the one bringing down the mm-hmm. the percentage. So yeah. that was the difference to me for a lot of that. Dwight Powell was tremendous in this game. Um, <clears throat> the Mavs blogosphere and and, and podcasts and whatnot have rightly identified that like. Luca will be the reason why this team wins in the playoffs if they win. Dwight Powell is incredibly important to what happens uh, for this team in the playoffs, which is a little bit scary. But he's been awesome, and 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 it, look, he early in the season he was terrible. I I did not love. I mean, I definitely think that the reason why he got so many chances is because Luca wants to play with that archetype of player, and. And I feel like we probably just should admit we were not even admit we were wrong. He got to he played to a place where he is he's he's returned to the level that he was uh, prior to tearing it to 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 the Achilles and um, on offense and then on defense he's been better than he's ever been and it's a really it's cool. I mean I know that 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 it's still pretty easy to to feel like that's not, we're not doing great there if he's super important to our team. And I, I totally understand that, but you kind of have to call it like it is at the moment, at least and say, he's a huge part of why they've been on the run that they've been on and why they have, when they are successful, it is in large part due to the way that he, he does things on the court now. 100%. And it, it makes it scary because they did, you know, he is their post presence at this point because mm-hmm. Maxie's been garbage, you know, which we're going to talk about in a second, I think. But, yeah. um, and he, and he's, gosh, I, this is weird to say, he's rose to that occasion like big time. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah. and even like in his worst games lately, it's not the catastrophic mm-hmm. failure that mm-hmm. it was the last in years past. And so, I, I don't know, like maybe, maybe the, maybe the confidence that the team has shown in him and letting him mm-hmm. be like the starting center is, it's, going well and mm-hmm. you know he's defensively been a lot better too which is great so big time totally agree and th- i mean that's the thing that, w- that worries you because it's like he's going to be the guy guarding Jokic, let's say if they get denver and do i feel great about that no i don't of course he's not he's not gonna he's not bam out of bio you know <laughs> or somebody like that it's not it's not gonna be awesome but um he he all i mean he's always he's all effort all the time and he knows his role. He plays his role and Luca gets the ball to him so well. And it's, you know, I'm, I mean, I'm thrilled with it. He's always been a great dude. The key has always been like, he's because he brings, because he is so limited in what he does. If he's not finishing at the rim at the rate that he was prior to the Achilles tear, then he's just not effective enough to be on the floor during the playoffs. And right now, He's he's above that. He's he's finishing at that level that he was prior to, and that 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 makes that makes all the difference. Um, I too though like the other thing that jumped out besides Luca just being incredible was there are not many teams that have the level of success uh, against Giannis defensively that the Mavs did in that game. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. It was awesome. Like, look, he got he he got twenty eight points. It's not like they they shut him down or something. But there were very few, especially in the second half. There were almost no moments where Giannis 
brings the ball up and has a lane to get to the rim. They did they did an incredible job of rotating guys into view at giving him I mean the wall has like we talk about the wall way too frequently probably now in in NBA lexicon but they did an incredible job of 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 making a wall and making it to where he had to make decisions and kick the ball out and Maybe they were fortunate that guys like like Chris Middleton's not been very good lately. Maybe they're fortunate because of that. Wes Matthews was like a minus 27 in this game. Maybe there's a little bit of a fortune, but that's also that's the design of of yeah. the Mavs defense is to make get the ball out of the hands of the best player and make the lesser players be the ones that are that are deciding yeah. the game. And make the guys like Middleton and Matthews hit shots against a streaking player that's mm-hmm. coming at you. You know yeah. like that's yeah. like yeah, like they're going to they're going to give up those three sometimes, but that's the 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 Mavs defense is designed to shut down the guys inside and make make you make the shots. And so it, that's mm-hmm. that they just didn't hit. I mean, like, what was it? Middleton was what three for fourteen, something like that. Yeah, and he was he was rough. Yeah. So, and another little defensive note to that I'll that I'll drop in here too is this maybe was the like the, the when they when Maxi when they announced the Maxi's out. I'm like, man, we don't st- we need Maxi to defend against Giannis. Um, and then they they find they they make it happen without that because of the way that they move and the rotations and all that sort of stuff and shrinking the paint and everything else. And that's great. The other thing that was more surprising is, uh, and this was noted, Cato noted this on, on the athletics pod of like, I think part of the issues in the first half on defense was Dinwiddie was just kind of getting torched. It very much surprised me (laughs) that they were able to put Jalen Brunson on Chris Middleton and he, he he more than held his own against Middleton in that situation. Like he did a tremendous job, and I I a the, the the credit goes to him for doing it, but it also a lot of credit goes to Kid for kind of understanding this is going to be a difficult. This is actually the right matchup for um for Dinwiddie. I mean, excuse me for Middleton. Usually you want the length and the size that Dinwiddie has, but really what ended up I think causing Middleton so many problems was Brunson just getting under him. And and always, you know, he's so strong for being that small, um, not being able, not having letting Middleton move him. There were several shots down the stretch of that game where Middleton got to the spot where he's trying or he got, got within two feet of the spot that he was trying to get to, but couldn't move Brunson in that last that last yard or half a yard or whatever and ends up taking I'm just throwing out numbers, you know, but like. Ends up taking a 19 foot shot jumper instead of a 17 foot jumper, and that's a huge difference when you're when you're used to getting to this spot and the guy just will not let you get to that spot and those shots keep coming in coming up a little bit short. I mean, Brunson is not a great defender, but he he took the call uh, on Sunday and, and did. I think that might be like the best defensive game he's he's ever played. He was he was awesome in that game down the stretch. Yeah, totally, and it was great. That's like that's the kind of Brunson that we need to take, you know, to take some of the offense where we need to go as well. And so mm-hmm. he's kind of been not as awesome now that we've since we've had Dinwiddie. And I don't mm-hmm. think that's because mm-hmm. of Dinwiddie. I think it's just because other things that he's got going on and just, you know, defensive scheming and stuff like that. But if he can go back to that level of giant killer that he mm-hmm. was mm-hmm. like, you know, look out, it's going to be pretty great. So, yeah, because I think the thing is. 
we've seen him a lot recently struggling against uh, longer teams, and that's not yeah. a that's not a unique or new thought. That's a thing we I mean we saw it with the Clippers last year in the playoffs. He he is going to struggle against longer, bigger teams. Um, but if you're if he can if we're losing ten or fifteen percent of the offense, the offensive side of the ball, but he's giving us plus ten or fifteen percent on the defensive side, which is usually not the case, then great. And maybe it's just the matchup. Maybe that was Chris Middleton is having a bad day, and if they played in a series, Middleton smokes him. I don't know, but for the day in a huge game that the Mavs really needed to win, um, it was nice to see a game where it was like Brunson's defense was probably even more important than his offense was um, for, for yeah, this game. Yeah, totally. We got to talk about Maxi Kleba, though. Um, I don't want to be a bummer, but, like, dude, <laughs> here's where we're at. I'll give you the stats, and you just tell me what you think. Because I, I, I think I'm higher on Maxi than you are, but I'm... 100%, yes. I'm definitely... I'm getting to a place where things things are probably going to have to change. Because here's, here's the deal. He's missed 21 games. And... And I mean, he missed a bunch of games last year. This is this is the thing. He is injury prone. He's older than you think he is. He's like he's thirty. He's about to be thirty one years old or closer to thirty one years old. To me, this is the thing I say a lot. But like, it's less that he missed twenty games, and more that he had five stretches through this season so far where he's missed two or more games. I don't know if that makes sense, but like. If you roll your ankle, you roll your ankle, you miss you whatever, you miss 10 games. That's it is what it is. If you pull you got back spasms, you miss two games, you roll your ankle here, you miss four games. You got a shoulder issue here, you miss three or four games. That is way worse to me than just missing 20 games with with an injury. And it's way more it's much more difficult for the team to prepare when they're not sure if they're going to have the, this guy on the floor um, who is, you know, pretty key to what to what they're doing. That's very frustrating, and that's been a thing that's been happening with Maxi for a couple of seasons. The other side is just the shooting. We've talked about it previously, but, like, you can always tell when he's in his head. He shot 38% from three in January. He, thought he shot 31% from three in February. He shot 17% from three in March. And I don't... I don't know what you do, Tobin, because I think that you need his defense in a lot of matchups. But if he's a zero on offense, I don't know I don't know how you can continue to run him out there when you're just you're getting not even nothing but like actual negative on on the yeah. offensive side. To me, it's the defensive side in the first part of the season was outweighed what he was doing offensively mm-hmm. because he was still hitting occasional shots there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The to, he's turned into a much less effective Rudy Gobert kind of like <laughs> Rudy Gobert is such a stalwart on defense that it doesn't really matter what he does on offense. Maxi Kleba is nowhere near the defensive prowess that Rudy Gobert is in. And he gives you sometimes even worse on offense and so it it's not worth it in my opinion mm. um to me maxi was at his best when he was defending the best front court player and then sitting in the corner and cashing mm-hmm. you know 30% of his threes like it doesn't even have to be a lie like this it, it seems like now he's doing trail threes and he's doing forced threes and 
You know, like, look, I mean, we got Bertons <laughs> to do that. We don't need you to do that, too. Like, we don't need another Bertons. Like, we need you to play defense. Mm. We need you to camp and wait for a kick. Like, that's in it. And it seems like he's kind of gotten away from that. And I don't know if that's by design or maybe they've realized that they need to get him going elsewhere because his shot's not there. I don't know. But mm. it, in my opinion, and this may not be popular opinion, I would, I would rather play more Powell and more Marquise Chris if we have to, than do that. But but the defense is the defense is what we need, mm-hmm. and it's just it's so, but it's just he's so bad offensively right now. It's just it's it literally makes it literally makes it harder for Luca because it just mm-hmm. takes a defender yeah. off of him. So what's a killer on that too is like, you know, Luca is. It's so funny. I don't mean this to turn into like KP bashing, but like Luca, Luca clearly never trusted KP, <laughs> and he trusts his shooters to a fault in most cases. Mm-hmm. You know, when Reggie Bullock could not hit a three to save his life for the first month of the season, guess who still kept getting threes? Reggie Bullock, because Luca kept kept finding him on this same with tim hardaway jr tim hardaway jr probably should give like a tithe to luca for the way that he would get hardaway through shooting slumps where he just like would keep going to him dorian finney smith same thing it's like if you're in the corner and you're open and that's the right play you are getting this shot so keep shooting it and he's doing it with maxi too the last game that they played uh not the washington game i guess it was the, the cleveland game like he went to Maxi several times, and Maxi hit a couple of them. It was awesome. It was like, thank God he can finally do this. But there were a few others where he's just like, dude, come on. He 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 missed him so bad, and Luca's still working. I think Luca gets that like he's really valuable to what we what we're trying to do. But but I'm with you in that I don't know about Marquise Chris because I just think in the playoffs, especially, he's gonna foul out in five minutes. But. And he's so similar to Powell that it's like, you know, whatever. But yeah, I I think I think that they are like beating the Bucks without Maxi. I know it's just a regular season game, but truly, I said this to our friend Andy, who's who is a Bucks fan. He was texting me before the game and was like, "Man, this could be a good one." And I just said, "I think that we're gonna. Get, I think you're gonna kill us. I think that we really need Maxi in this game." And he was like, really? I don't know about it. And I was like, I just think for the defense to work against Giannis, you need Maxi. So to go out and get that win pr- relatively comfortable, comfortably without Maxi, I think is, I hope at least, is like a harbinger of things to come because they got, they're they going to have to play Bertans, um, which I don't feel great about. But <laughs> he's been hitting some shots lately. That's something Maxi hasn't been doing. And he, he at the very least... He's no Bertans is nowhere near the defensive player that Maxi Kleba is, and no one will ever say that. But he does rotate well. He moves his feet pretty. I mean, matched up on the ball, it's not great at all at all. But as far as like somebody who rotates into space correctly and and makes you shoot over him and stuff, like he does that stuff pretty well. And that's not that's not enough compared to what Maxi gives you defensively. But but if if he's able to do that and he can hit two or three threes in a game, whereas Maxi just cannot, and also really bogs down your, your offense with his decision-making, which is just like watching the like the literal gears of a clock move right now. Just, gosh, it, it, it's... I'm, I'm preparing for a playoff series where 
they don't play Maxi much at all comparatively, whether he's whether he's healthy or not. And and that kind of bums me out because I like the guy a lot. I just I think that that is the number one. If if nothing else, Tobin, and maybe that's where we finish it is like that is the number one priority to me this off season. Assuming that you can't get a star, which we don't is not really something that's probably in the cards this summer. Um, the biggest thing for me is we gotta find a maxi replacement. You gotta find a big wing or a a mobile big, whatever you want to look at, however you want to look at it, who can play those minutes, give you some defense, and hit some hit some outside. And then look, those guys don't grow on trees that do both sides of that well. I understand, but that's the thing that they've got to find because I I don't know. I don't know that you can go into next season with Maxi Kleba on the roster as a player that you're you're planning on being in your your eight man rotation. Yeah, and the thing about that Bucks game is it it told you that hey, he may not be as important so you don't have like it not that sounds bad. He may not be as important to the success of those kind of games so you don't have to keep him out there floundering and just mm-hmm. and bringing down the score. So stop it you know basically yeah i think that's good for sure i think maxi is with a guy too that like he's he's like a he's almost like an innings eater in a way at least the way that this roster is built it's like it's not dissimilar to pj tucker is a much better defender than maxi is but it's like a similar kind of thing where it's like I understand, like, I, I just remember last year in the playoffs, Bill Simmons could not understand how valuable P.J. Tucker was to what that to what the, the Bucks were doing because Kevin Durant was just torching him. And it's like, right, but, but do you not understand, and he doesn't because he's Bill Simmons, but, like, it, it, you gotta, you got to recognize that him taking on that role of guarding the best guy, which is what like Maxi would is doing against Kevin Durant or excuse me against Kawhi Leonard. Yeah. Ka- Kawhi Leonard's getting buckets on Maxi. I get it. But Dorian is not having to guard Kawhi Leonard right now. And that's a value. And, and the rotations are a value and having to shoot over him rather than like burying him into the bucket and just dunking on his face is of value even if Kawhi Leonard's getting 45 points or whatever. And and that's kind of what I think that's kind of part of the role that that Maxi has been serving is like you know, you can say like I think that we probably have overrated his defense over the years at times like but also I think that the value that he brings as as a as a reps, you know, as an innings eater there is is a lot. It's a lot. And I don't know how you I don't know how you replace that with the current roster, is what I'm saying. So, yeah, um, but that's got to be something they got to figure out in the offseason. I just don't. I don't think you can bring back Maxi as part of the big plan on this thing uh, next season. All right, man, this is it. We have th- we have two games left. They beat the Pistons tonight. They've got the Blazers. Uh, got the Blazers on Friday and the Spurs on Sunday. The Warriors have the Lakers tomorrow. The Spurs uh, and then the Pelicans close out the season. <clears throat> You tell me, are we the three or the four when we come back to record next week? I think we're the four. I think I think everybody's going to win out, and yeah, I, I think we're the four. I'm going to be I'm going to be happy if we're the three, and so I'm going to go ahead and set myself up for <laughs> you know 
I'd rather be happy than disappointed, I guess. But okay. I mean, listen, like the Spurs and the Pels may have something to play for there, but they also have talked about bringing Curry back to give him mm-hmm. some run before the playoffs start. And if that happens, it's over. I mean, like it's, you know, and, and don't hold it past us to mm-hmm. blow one, blow a last season game to the Spurs because yeah. Popovich <laughs> might retire, totally. you know, like, <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. Yep, that Wizards game is is rough, man, because of because of the seeding implications. I, I mean, look, we hit fifty games tonight, fifty wins tonight. That's awesome. First time since 2013-14. Awesome to kind of hopefully we're reestablishing. Yeah, being that, four you know? is okay. I mean, it's yeah. Just, yeah, it's it's still some, yeah. something something to be successful considering how mm-hmm. bad we started mm-hmm. the season yeah. too. I thought they were the third best team in the league coming into the season. Excuse me, the third best team in the West. But I also, if I remember correctly, I was like, but I'm not totally sure. Who, who ends up ahead? I just there was such a glut in the Western Conference. And well, and we both were very is. wrong about the Grizzlies. There was yeah, some I had no sort idea of, that the Mem- yeah there was no world in which I expected the Memphis. There was somebody bad. that I remember who it was. Somebody predicted the Wizards to be sixth and us seventh, and we just railed them. Like and yeah. <laughs> we were so I, mad yeah. about it. Yeah, and we it turns out we were, we were both wrong. You know, yeah. we're two and four, two and three, but mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, we just didn't have any world where we thought the the Memphis Grizzlies were being better than us. And, yep. Man, were we wrong? So yep, absolutely, absolutely. Okay, um, I, I yeah, I I I'm excited to see what next what it, what next week brings. I'm not sure <sighs> excited's the word I used, but you know, <laughs> I mean, I'm just I'm excited nervous. to finally know. Like, okay, hey, I mean, I, I look at it this way: this is a 50 win season. That's awesome. They have they've established themselves, I think, as a second tier contender. That's awesome. I don't know what's gonna what what's gonna happen, and and hopefully we're not super disappointed in the playoffs. But I just think I think that this has been a really successful season to this point, and they put themselves in a position to to have success in the playoffs too. And that's I mean, in some ways, that's all you can ask for, especially given new coach, roster turnover, weird COVID season that a lot of teams had, but the Mavs took pretty hard, and other things like that. So. I feel pretty, I, I guess I'm, I'm saying I'm excited to just know like, all right, here's who we're playing. Here's what the path looks mm-hmm. like. Now let's see if our guys can go out and do it, you know? And that's, that's what we'll know next week at least. So, all right. Thanks for being here. Thanks for listening. If you like what you heard, tell your friends, bring your Mavs buddies around to listen to this podcast. It helps us greatly to carve out a little space in this very current podcast market and leave us a five-star rating and five-star review on Apple podcast, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts. In that review, tell us the most obscure or random Mavs jersey that you own or have owned in the past. And we like to read those out at the end of the show. We'll be back next week talking about the Mavs first round playoff matchup, whatever that may be, hopefully in the three seed, but possibly in the four seed. Um, Thank you for being here.